You are now listening to Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli. The unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. Come on, let's jump right in. Let's talk today about speaking in tongues or glossolalia, which is the official term. And it is biblical, but it needs to be understood. Speaking in tongues is misunderstood. Why? Many of us were raised in churches where, to be honest with you, the the teachings, they differed greatly between denominations. And some of you may may have been raised or attended church where speaking in tongues was normal. You heard it every single Sunday. And some of you, you you actually attended churches where it was something that was taught against. Why don't you drop a comment right now and let me know how you were raised. I'd love to see that. Uh, Let me know, was it normal in your church and did you experience it or is it something that was not normal? Now, I want you to start like this. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can treat it like it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. Remember that the Bible, at one point, the New Testament did not exist. It was inspired by God and written by men, and then it was canonized later. And so, yes, we're going to look at scriptures, but I would be remiss if I did an entire teaching about speaking in tongues, but didn't um, allow the Holy Spirit to be my guest of honor today. So my guest of honor is the Holy Spirit. And I want you to, before I even jump into the scriptures, to say, I am willing to allow the Holy Spirit to teach me all things. I am willing to open up my ears to hear what the natural ears cannot hear and to open up my heart because there are times where our heart could become a heart of stone based on um, negative experiences. Hey, if you came from charismania, if you came from a church that, to be honest with you, abused spiritual gifts, I'm sorry, but don't allow somebody's misappropriation of a gift to withhold you from receiving the gift. So let's start with the words of Jesus. I know many of you watch this channel because you love to learn. You are a good learner. You're, you're a note taker. So before we go to, an, to one of the epistles, let's go to Jesus himself because Jesus actually talked about this topic. So before we look into the other mega church pastors or major influencers online, let's go to Jesus. Can we all agree that's a good thing? Mark chapter 16, verse 17 are the red letters, meaning in some of your Bibles, it's Jesus said this. Verse 17 says this, hey, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. What does that mean? Well, it means like, hey, you speak in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, but you're going to speak in new tongues. And I wanna, I wanna point some things out about Mark chapter 16, verse 17, before we go any further. It says, these signs shall follow them who believe. It does not say, these signs shall follow the apostles. It does not say these signs shall follow Pentecostals. It does not say these signs shall follow charismatics. It does not say these signs shall follow pastors. It says these signs will follow them who believe. So the first criteria is 
do you believe? Do you believe what? Well, first that Jesus is Messiah, the savior of the world. Do you believe? And in my name, by in other words, by using the authority that the Messiah gives them as they are regenerated in their spirit, as they are washed by the blood of the lamb, as they are forgiven, come on somebody, it says that they will do what? They will cast out devils and then they will speak with new tongues. So I want to give you a biblical revelation. The Tower of Babel is recorded in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. The Tower of Babel, I'm going to tell you the story so that we don't have to read the entire chapter 11 of the book of Genesis. It gives the account that humanity, mankind, come on, civilization at that time begin to unite. It was a false unity because they had a vision to build a tower that was going to take them to heaven. And as a result of that false unity, they, they were God had to confound them and bring division through language. Now that was the old covenant. So when you had the Tower of Babel recorded in Genesis chapter 11, verse one through nine, that there was an institution of the old covenant, the old order of things. So to receive forgiveness required sacrificial systems, right? The, the, the shedding of the blood of animals. And that is how you interacted with God. You had a high priest that went into the Holy of Holies on your behalf. But covenants are only ended with a new covenant. Tongues, so I want you to understand this. Tongues, in the way that Jesus is saying it, is going to be inaugurated and brought about as a result of the new covenant. So Jesus dies on the cross. Three days later, he's resurrected. And then watch this. They're all in one mind and one accord. Acts chapter two now. And Jesus has now ascended to heaven and says, I'm sending another, my Holy Spirit. And he will baptize you in fire. So watch this. Covenants are only ended with a new covenant. The, the, the finished work of the cross ensured that there is not a third covenant. So whatever was established by Jesus and the finished work of the cross is not going away. The sacrifice of Jesus is forever. It's finished. Therefore, anything that the finished work of the cross brought into place is still in place today. So for those who would say that tongues and the gift of tongues have ceased, in order for that to be true, there would have to be another covenant because the only, because see, here's the thing. The only way to end a covenant is with a new covenant. And that is impossible in this era because Jesus, there is not going to be another death. And so when you hear people saying that tongues have ceased, it doesn't make sense Number one, Jesus in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't attach a title or a position. He didn't say only of the apostles, only pastors, only preachers. He said just to all them that believe. And then you have this reversal of the Tower of Babel. It said man in his own ability tried to reach God, but God brought Jesus to reach us. And then Jesus establishes, establishes a new covenant and there's a reversal of the confusion brought about by the Tower of Babel. And now they are going to speak in new tongues.
Oh, this is good. I got to set the record straight because there's so much confusion about this, but it is not confusing if you are in relationship with the Holy Spirit because this stuff begins to make total and complete sense. And so in Acts chapter two, verse four, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. So let's start with the basics. You cannot learn how to speak in tongues. You are enabled to do it. You are empowered to do it by the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak in tongues. And the primary reason why they spoke in tongues in Acts chapter two, which is the first time it's recorded in scriptures, is because it reverses the Tower of Babel. It brings a true unity in place of a false unity. It brings about this the completion of a new covenant And I'm going to go even a little bit deeper because I know you love depth and you love biblical studies, which is why you're here. So just hang on with me now. I'm making a point right now, but they uh, primarily were evangelizing and these new tongues gave access to be able to declare the gospel in the languages of those, those who were represented in that geographic location. I do believe that tongues, new tongues, come on, languages are still being given access to by believers. And I've heard countless stories, countless stories about people speaking in tongues and it being another language that is known here on earth that was telling about the goodness of God and the gospel. It's still happening today. But the reason why I told you I want to go a little bit deeper, so stay with me, is because they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It is incredibly important that you understand that when you confess Christ as your Savior, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, you are forgiven for your sins, you are no longer condemned, and you receive the and you receive the Holy Spirit. So I'm not trying to teach that. Um, you know, that you do not receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation. But the gift of tongues is often included and often simultaneously received. Is it possible to receive salvation and therefore the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit and not receive tongues? Absolutely. But I will tell you, and I'm going to take you through the scriptures today, And I see this also in my own personal experience as a minister. There is a simultaneous receiving of the Holy Spirit to dwell in your spirit, but also the gift of tongues. You see it in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 19, verse 6, it says this, When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So you see in Acts chapter 19, verse 6, Paul through impartation, laid hands on them. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon them and they simultaneously were speaking in tongues and prophesying. Listen, I've even done baptisms at my church locations and people have come out of the water and they receive water baptism, but also the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism in fire. Man, I don't know why I feel like I want to cry right now. I just The Holy Spirit is so honored when you just say yes to what he has available to you. I feel him in the midst of us right now. I'm Listen, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to be his best friend right now. I'm trying to advocate for him because there's so much bad teaching out there. And so 
you see Paul placed his hand on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Guys, I've seen people get water baptized, Holy Spirit and fire baptized and speak in tongues and prophesy all at the same time. And the reason why it's called a gift is because it's free, because Jesus paid for it. It wasn't just free because it was free. It carried a high price that you and me could never pay by our own good works. And Jesus himself paid it for you. And all you got to do is ask for it. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse two. Are you catching these scriptures? I'm giving, to the, to, I'm giving them to you for your notes. And it says this for the 14th, the 14th chapter, second verse It says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, but they utter mysteries by the spirit. And okay, now this is confusing. Pastor Mike, I thought you just told me that when you receive the gift of tongues, it's so that you can tell the gospel to people that you haven't learned their language, but the Holy Spirit gives you access to their language to tell the gospel. But this says something different. It says that you're not speaking to people, but you're speaking to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They understand, they utter mysteries by the spirit. Okay, now we got to go deeper. This is my next point. There's different kinds of tongues. Okay, so one kind is from human to human where you don't know Italian, but the Holy Spirit enables you to speak in Italian. And as you're doing that, the gospel's being declared. Guys, I know you're gonna think I'm crazy for saying this, especially those who think that speaking in tongues have ceased. But uh, here's the deal. When I was in college, I started to speak in tongues and I was in a place of prayer. And as I begin to go deeper and deeper and deeper, I thought to myself, this sounds like a language. Matter of fact, to me, it sounded like Italian. I tried my best to phonetically translate it while I was speaking it. And I started to write it out on paper. And I took it to an Italian professor and she got back to me and she said, hey, we're, I'm, I'm speaking this out phonetically. Where did you get this? I said, you don't want to know. And she said, no, seriously, where did you get this? Because I'm an Italian language scholar and this sounds like ancient Italian that's not used in modern times. And it looks like it's saying, Sarah, I will wash you. Sarah, I will make you clean. Now here's when I started crying because my sister's name is Sarah. Could it have been that the Holy Spirit was praying through me and declaring, I will wash you clean, I will make you whole, and speaking in ancient Italian, and our family has Italian roots? So was he speaking into the generations? Was the Holy Spirit doing a deep and profound work through me and was interceding for my sister through me and even doing it in ancient Italian? I believe the answer is yes. You'll never be able to convince me that tongue ceased simply because I have too many stories to prove opposite. But again, in wisdom, we do not rely on personal experience because that alone is not enough. We must properly interpret scripture, which is why I'm taking you on this journey through this teaching. So, okay, there's different kinds of tongues. There's the known languages of men. We've talked about that. But then 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 says something else. It says you're speaking to God. What is that? Well, that's the tongues of angels. That's this heavenly language. And the purpose that it serves in your life is the purpose of edification and building yourself up. Guys, it's better than a cup of coffee. It's better than aerobic workout. It's better than a vacation. When you begin to speak in tongues, you begin to build yourself up. You begin to strengthen your spirit, man. You begin to invite the Holy Spirit to begin to deal with things that your mind is not intelligent enough to deal with. 
You allow the Holy Spirit to begin to minister to you through you. It's something different, guys. You've got to get a revelation about this. And if your denomination, if your pastor, if somebody on the internet has held you back from the goodness of what God has for you, I'm trying to be salt and light to you and stir up a thirst so that you would say, oh, I want this so bad. I'm thirsting for this. I'm thirsting for the gift. And I want to keep calling it a gift because that's what it is. It's a gift. Why would you not want a gift? And you can have it. Let me just say this. When Jesus was being tempted by the devil, he quoted this scripture. He said, hey, even an evil father, even an evil father would give his kid a a piece of bread if they ask for a stone, how much more? And so he was saying, turn this stone to bread. And Jesus was like, don't you don't test God like that. Let me just tell you this. If he's a good father, why would he not give you the gift if you did, if you asked for it? Come on now. And I want to just say this. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Guys, I'm taking you on a journey. Stay with me. Believe me. You want to stay with me. This is going to get even better. But it's not about whether or not you should or shouldn't have it. It's not about whether or not it is for today or it's not for today. The real question is not if or how, it's what you do when you receive it. I know this teaching has been so good, but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com. And thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in. And what the New Testament does is it just brings alignment to how to properly use a gift. Why? Because when you receive it, you receive it as a gift. But if flesh, like your own carnal desires, your own your own worldly desires can corrupt it, it goes from a gift, watch this, to a destructive tool. Or if Satan can come in and and manipulate it and pervert it and distort it, it now goes, you received it from God as a gift, but then Satan perverts it into a destructive tool. And so we just, so here's what it is. You just got to learn how to utilize it. Listen, having a car is a gift. It can get you to point A to point B way faster than walking. But if you don't learn how to drive that car, you can kill yourself. Tongues is incredibly powerful, but if you don't learn how to utilize it, if you don't learn what the proper way to administrate that gift, it can become destructive in local churches. It can become destructive in the kingdom. And so some people watch this, they would say, you know what, let's just not deal with it at all. And, and But that's like saying, like, let's just not have anybody own a car because people can die in car accidents. That's bad theology. We don't avoid it because it's as destructive. We administrate it. And so if you're taking notes right now, the real question is, are you avoiding or are you administrating? Because administrating the gifts is what the apostles gave us in the scriptures. So Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you this. These signs, will, these signs will follow you. And then the apostles say, hey, yo, Jesus made good on his promise. Now let's talk about how it doesn't become a curse. It's a blessing. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 23 tells us this. 
So if the whole church comes together and everyone starts speaking in tongues and inquires uh, or inquirers or unbelievers come in, guests, isn't it funny to think about how the first century church had church guests? You know, hey, if new people come to your church and everybody's all speaking in tongues, will they not say that you're out of your mind? Isn't that so relatable? Y'all, have you ever gone to the church um, where you're like, man, I know it's powerful, but I am so afraid for my friend to visit because they're gonna think we done lost our minds. Did you know that that problem is 2000 years old? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 23 says, hey, if the whole church comes together and everyone's speaking in tongues and you have unbelievers and inquirers coming in, will they not say that you're out of your mind? So here's the thing, just... Just be okay with the fact that it is what it is. Be okay with the fact that people are going to think you lost your mind, but that doesn't mean you don't do it. Let's go, let's go further. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 and 28. So let's go a little bit further. So if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at most three should speak at one at a time and someone must interpret And if there's no interpreter, the speaker should just keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. It's that simple. So the apostle didn't say, oh man, it's getting out of control. Don't do it anymore. Come on now. He just simply said it needs to be interpreted so that they understand what's actually being spoken through the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. And if there's no one there with the gift of interpretation, just be quiet It it didn't even say stop speaking tongues. It just said lower the volume of your voice. So I'm so sick and tired of people being freaked out by tongues, freaked out about tongues in church. You just got to bring order to it. And so there's people, you know, who would say, well, don't ever, don't ever do it again. And no, listen, interpret it. Matter of fact, we had a powerful, I don't like start getting so weepy when I talk about this. I just believe it pleases the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is the supernatural life. I'm so sick and tired of these people who are trying to act like it's God, the father, Jesus, the son, and the Holy scriptures and they delete out the Holy Spirit. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Father and the Son are in heaven, and the, and the one we have here on earth is the Holy Spirit. And we don't, it's like we don't ever let him in our churches. So let me just say this, and I get weepy talking about this. We had a moment where tongues were going forth in V1 Church, the church that I pastor. We have a global broadcast where people are dependent on our church, you know, in the thousands every week. And to be honest with you, when we started this moment happened where tongues were going forth, I was like, well, how do you do this with a global live stream and all? Well, guess what? Somebody in our congregation who had the gift of interpretation began to interpret from from the seat. Ah, it gets me emotional. And it was such a beautiful message from God. And it was so powerful. And our church was blessed and people began to weep and people started to hear the love of God being expressed through that interpretation. It was a beautiful thing. But guys, you're gonna not see that. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because pastors are too afraid to operate in it, just because they're too afraid to administrate it. It's just like fire. Fire is so destructive, it can burn you. It can burn your house down. 
But does that mean you don't have a stove and you're like, well, we're a microwave kind of family because if we had a stove that, you know, it could burn our house down. It's like, listen, just because people are starting microwave churches where they want everything, wham, bam, thank you, man. Let's do this service as fast as we can. Let's sequence through it, the seeker sense it. Listen, just because they did, like I'm the kind of person, like, listen, if we learned how to administrate the gift, it can have tremendous power and it doesn't have to be a destructive force. And I believe that this teaching is bringing so much freedom to you. I've talked to people, I want you to look at me when I say this. I've talked to people who have only spoken tongues once and they never spoke in tongues again because they saw bad teaching because their pastor told them, told them it's not for today. And I believe that you, I believe that you can reignite that passion, reignite that fire. I believe you can operate and exercise that gift and go into deeper levels into it. Matter of fact, if you do have the gift of tongues, I want you to use it more. Come on, if I'm your pastor, I need you to know that there's not a day that goes by I don't speak in tongues. And I'll tell you this, if you've only ever spoken in tongues for five minutes, I dare you to go 10 minutes. If you've ever gone 10 minutes, I dare you to go 20. I dare you to go 30 minutes. Go an hour, something begins to happen when you go deeper, when you go longer, when you just continue to, to, to can, like, kind of let the Holy Spirit speak through you. It's just like a child. Sometimes when a child's learning a language, it comes out in syllables, but then as they increase in their understanding and their development, it starts to come out into now 400 words, a thousand words, 3000 words. They begin to articulate even more. I'm telling you, there's something more waiting in the gift of tongues. And if you'll go longer, if you'll go lock yourself away in your prayer closet, hide underneath your table and let that table curtain cover you so you can get some privacy. Go into the bathroom, hide in your shower, make some time to go deeper in tongues because I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will begin to articulate a language. And so, you know, sometimes people who are skeptical, they'll hear other people who speak in tongues and they'll say, that's so foolish. It sounds like babble. Yeah, it might start that way. A child starts that way, but don't judge it. Don't judge it if you don't develop it. You've got to go deeper. Come on. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 and 28, it says, if everyone speaks in a tongue, it just, you know, if there's no interpreter, be quiet. If there is an interpreter, interpret it and be blessed as the result of it. I want to give you some science. There have been scientific studies that were done that talked about glossolalia or speaking in tongues. And this is exciting for those of you who want to say, okay, I hear the scriptures. I've had the personal experiences, but is there science to back this up? There is a resounding yes to that question. And here's what it is. In your brain, there are different sections that light up under scans and they do that as a result of increased blood flow. And it's crazy because when you talk, like I'm talking right now, there's a portion of my brain that receives more blood to actually carry out the work of speaking and delivering a message through communication. And so that portion of your brain across all humans, no matter what language they speak and where they're based out of the, the planet Earth, begins to light up. But here's where it gets amazing. When speaking in tongues was studied, in a scientific environment, this is amazing, the part of the brain that lights up, that receives additional blood flow, did not receive additional blood flow. 
but another portion of the brain that is very rarely activated by any other behavior began to light up and receive additional blood flow. So the language center of the brain, the one that they, so if they were a native English, if this is amazing, I need y'all to just tell me how amazing this is right now. The portion of the brain that this, that is activated when they sp spoke their native language, which was English, did not light up, did not, but another portion. Oh, come on, somebody. And I believe that that is a sign to show us that when I speak in tongues, whether it's the tongues of angels or the tongues of men that I did not learn from my family or from my culture, and the Holy Spirit's given me the ability to do it, it is activated in another portion of my brain that I believe that God Almighty has reserved for believers to begin to function and flow in. And I think that's amazing. I think that's incredible. Science backs it up, scripture backs it up, and personal experience backs it up. And when you triangulate those three substantial, substantial forces, you have only one conclusion to draw as I come to the end of this teaching. It's a gift. Do you want it? It's for you. It's for now. It's that simple. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may want to connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com, you can become a monthly financial partner for $27 a month or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there and I will see you in the next podcast episode.